Way City Church, located in Woodbridge, Virginia, is led by Pastor Marlon Yearwood and exists to reach the lost and disciple the believer. We started a series about six weeks ago called Understanding Prayer, Understanding God. And we um, started this series because prayer is something that, that we need to understand. And sometimes we, we misunderstand prayer. I can share with you one message on prayer and, and miss a lot. There's, there's a lot that the Bible has to say about prayer, and it's not just asking and, and receiving. The Bible does speak about asking and, and receiving, but it says a lot more about prayer than that. So we started this series called Understanding Prayer, Understanding God. So let's just recap real quick. So week one, we started this series on prayer with a message entitled, Only God Can Answer. Only God Can Answer. But we found ourselves in 1 Kings chapter 18, and we saw how God answered prayers that the other gods were incapable of answering. God put Baal to shame, we saw, and we also saw how, how God exalted Elijah and honored Elijah, and Elijah, the man of God, challenged and put the 400 prophets of Baal to shame. We looked at the life of Elijah, and we learned that he was no different than us. James 5 tells us that he is a man with a nature. He was a man with a nature just like ours. So we learned that the Bible gave Elijah as an example of a man of prayer and a man of faith. We also learned from Elijah in 1 Kings 18 the importance of hearing the voice of God, the importance of obedience to the voice of God that we hear, and then the importance of being bold and confident in God's ability. Week two of the series, we learned that even though God is indeed sovereign, He can still be influenced by mankind. He can still be influenced by us. He has established that avenue with us to be able to connect with Him through prayer. So we spoke about that in great detail, um, and we, we learned that you'll never be able to truly pray in faith if you don't believe that you can ever influence God. We learned that God's own desire is not always automatically carried out, that His, that his will is not always automatically carried out without prayer, and that it's false humility to not believe and accept the amazing truths that God says about you and the way that you can connect with him in prayer. These truths and the statements that I made, they were clearly proven through the scriptures. We went through many scriptures that day, and you're welcome to go back and listen to the messages. It was on um, July 26th, and you can find it on our Facebook page, on our YouTube channel, or on our website, thewaycitychurch.org. Week three, the message was entitled, The Petition of Faith. And we spoke about faith and prayer, the petition of faith. We were in Mark 5, and we learned about the importance of, of faith's role in prayer, and we learned about uh, Jairus, and we also learned about the woman with the issue of blood and their petitions of faith in coming to Jesus and how God met their requests because of their faith. It was crystal clear by the scriptures that both of these individuals received their miracle because of their petition of faith in Jesus. And now today we pick up and resume week four 
understanding prayer, understanding God. Today we're going to speak about unanswered prayer. Unanswered prayer. About five years ago, I went through a process of questioning everything that I believe. Not doubting God, or, or, but, but questioning everything I believe and asking myself why I believe the things that I believe. And I went through a process of asking myself what I believe about certain topics and why I believe that. And started going through the scriptures so that I could know exactly why I believe everything that I believe. And if you don't know, I have an interesting faith background. I was born and raised in London, England. Uh, came to faith at 19. And since then, I have been a part of uh, Pentecostal churches, charismatic churches, um, Baptist churches, Lutheran churches, and non-denominational churches, which is very unique. <laughs> you can laugh, it's okay, yeah, very, which, is, which is very unique, right? So, so a very unique journey that I've been on, um, but, but I believe I had to go through that place in order for us to be able to, to plant the Way City Church and for me to do what the Lord uh, has called us to do um, during this time and during this season. So I, I went to a, um, a Bible college that, that leaned on the charismatic side when I was 21 um, in Oklahoma, um, and then went to a, a Lutheran seminary when I was 30. So again, right, my... I've, I've, I've gone through a lot. I, I, have, I have ministered at, um, at both Pentecostal, Charismatic, Baptist, Lutheran, and non-denominational churches. I've had ministry positions in the past at those churches. So, so I, I, can, I can tell you that um, over the years, a conclusion that I've come to is every single group, every single denomination they have their, their favorite verses of scriptures, their favorite passages, their absolute favorites. They, they love those verses and those passages, and they preach those and they proclaim those, uh, rightfully so. But also every denomination, they neglect and they reject other parts of scripture. Now, they wouldn't say that, right? They would never say, you know, I reject this, but they... But their, their viewpoints of, of other portions of Scripture um, proves that they um, don't hold certain parts of God's Word to the same degree as other parts of God's Word. So if someone identifies as Pentecostal, Charismatic, Presbyterian, Methodist, Lutheran, Baptist, Seventh-day Adventist, I can, I can tell you what they believe for the most part. I can tell you what they believe about God's word and what they don't believe about God's word, for the most part. And I have found it to be true that, that also people that attend those churches, right? The, the average believer, if, if you attend a Presbyterian church, I can tell you exactly what you believe about the scriptures and what you don't believe about the scriptures, and the reason for this is, right, the, the pastors, the teachers, they, they teach based on 
um, based on their denominational values and based on their denominational doctrines. That's what they teach the people. And, and most people will, not most people, many people will, will not receive ministry outside of their denomination. Many people. So then there can be a, a slight problem. I want you to, to understand um, that I, I absolutely have, have no um, hidden agenda with God's word. I'm not here to, to represent. Let me make it clear. I have, I have partnership, but I have no sworn allegiance to any denomination. And I want to make it, make it very, very clear to you that when it comes to teaching God's word, I have, I have no hidden agenda. Like, I, I, don't, I don't really care, if you get what I'm saying. Like, I just want to proclaim what the scriptures teach. And, and I don't care what it teaches. But whatever it teaches, I want to proclaim that as truth. Without trying to line up with this group or that group or... Is that from them or is that from them? No, no, no. Just, just God's, God's word. God's word. So my sworn allegiance is to the scriptures and to the scriptures alone. I'm forever grateful for, for the journey that I've been on. Um, that's, that's, again, got me to, to this place. Um, and I want you guys to always make sure, with that being said, that you test everything. Test everything that, that I say test everything that everyone says with the scriptures. Don't test it with your denominational background or, or your... Yeah, no, test it with the scriptures. Everything that I say, test it with the scriptures, with God's word. Is it scriptural? Is it biblical? That's it. Don't try to make it fit or, or line up with what you've been taught previously or in the past. Does it fit with what God's word is saying? Amen? So today I'm going to begin to teach on the topic of, of unanswered prayer. Unanswered prayer. What does the Bible say about unanswered prayer? And you may be tempted to say, you know, well, um, whether God answers prayers or not, he's sovereign. And that sounds, that sounds amazing. That sounds beautiful. It does. But who taught you to say that? Who, who taught you to, to respond like that? We're going we're gonna to learn today about unanswered prayer, and God will give us specific um, reasons in the Scriptures why certain prayers are not answered. So, if God gives us specific reasons in the Scriptures why certain prayers are not answered, then our response cannot just be, well... He's sovereign. So whether it's answered or not, it's just he's sovereign. Are you following me? Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. All right. So God's word is very specific as to why prayers are unanswered. As to why prayers are unanswered. Someone say why. 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 So... The Bible tells us that, that, that sometimes God straight up, he just won't, 
He just won't listen. Sometimes we're going to speak, and he just straight up, he, he will not listen. And, and we know that God desires to, to answer prayer. We know that he, he loves to answer prayer. But sometimes the Bible tells us that he will be silent and he will not listen. And the fact that we're speaking about unanswered prayer today, this, this shouldn't be a sad thing, but I want it to, to be encouraging to you so that you can know um, as, to, as to why maybe uh, sometimes some of your prayers are not being answered. So it should be encouraging to you. So I want to begin to give you 10 reasons today, and this will be over two weeks, God willing, this week and next week. Um, but, but 10 reasons that I've clearly identified in the scriptures as to why prayers are not answered. Jeremiah 33 verses 1 through 3, or Jeremiah 33, 3, the Bible says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. And to, and to answer in the Hebrew, this word, I will answer you, it is God saying, I will, I will shout back. I will, I will shout back to you. God, God desires to, to answer so that all may hear. He desires that. Psalm 91 and verse 15, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. Psalm 50 and verse 15, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. Call upon me. I'll answer you. I will deliver you. God delights in answering the prayers of his people. That is true. So then what happens when he doesn't answer? What then is the problem? He, he delights in this. But we also know that he doesn't answer prayers sometimes. And God is, God is not insecure in this truth and in this fact that sometimes he doesn't answer prayer. The, the scriptures reveal this to us as truth. So God is not insecure about that truth. 2 Samuel 12, 15 through 23, we have clear passages like this. 2 Samuel 15, 12, 15 through 23. Then Nathan departed to his house, and, and before this, let me just say, this is the, the story of, um, of David after he went into Bathsheba. He slept with another man's wife. Um, and then after that, he had killed her husband, Uriah. Um, and now the prophet Nathan, you know, had, um, had come to him and, um, and told David about his sin. And David had heard. Now his son, basically, he's going he's gonna to die because of the sin that he committed. Right? So he, he slept with someone who he was not supposed to sleep with. Uh, he murdered a man. Um, and now... This is where we are. Then Nathan departed to his house, and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bore to David, and it became ill. He had a child with Bathsheba in his adultery, and in her adultery. Verse 16, David therefore pleaded with God for the child. And David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. 
So the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the ground, but he would not, nor did he eat food with them. Then on the seventh day it came to pass that the child died. And the servants of David were afraid to, let him, to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, indeed, while the child was alive, we spoke to him, and he would not heed our voice. How can we tell him that, that the child is dead? He may do some harm. Verse 19, when David saw that his servants were whispering, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore David said to his servants, is the child dead? And they said, he is. He's dead. So David arose from the ground, washed, and anointed himself, and changed his clothes. And he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he went to his own house, and when he requested, they set food before him, and he ate. Then his servant said to him, what is this you have done? You fasted and wept for the child while he was alive, but when the child died, you arose and ate food. Verse 22, and he said, while the child was alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him but he shall not return to me. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, I pray that as we get into these reasons identified in your word as to why prayers sometimes are not answered, I pray that we would be encouraged. I pray that we would be strengthened. I pray, Lord, that we would look at ourselves and I pray, Lord, that we would make any adjustments in our lives that we need to make. We want to do everything to please you and to honor you in all that we say and in all that we do. Father, I pray now that your word, Lord, would, would, would touch every heart in a, in a heavy way. I pray, Lord God Almighty, that it would speak, that it would transform lives and that it would renew minds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we see in 2 Samuel chapter 12, so we see that David, he, um, he committed sin. And because of his sin, there was a child that came, a child was basically birthed out of his sin, and, um, and the child got sick. And basically... Um, he was told, like, the child will die, but he, he pleaded, and he, and he prayed, and he fasted. Seven days, he fasted and he prayed to the Lord. He fasted and he prayed seven days to the Lord. But the Lord did not hear him. And the reason why the Lord didn't hear him was because of his sin. Is it true or not? It's true. Ten reasons why, why prayer is not answered according to God's word. Number one, let's turn to Isaiah 59, verse 1 and 2. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. And I'm going to um, 
spend a little more time on some of these and, and some I'm just going to give the, the text. They all speak for themselves. But Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, the Bible says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. The Lord's hand is not short that it can't save. His ear is not heavy that it can't hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. So the first reason why prayers are not answered is because of sin. It's because of sinful lifestyle. Number one, sinful lifestyle, sinful practices. Verse two speaks about <clears throat> iniquities and it speaks about sins. So there's, there's a difference between the two. Sin, 1 John 3, 4 in the Bible, gives us insight into sin. And it says, everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. And then it says, sin is lawlessness. So sin itself is lawlessness. So sin is the transgression of the law of God. Sin means to miss the mark. And Romans 3 and verse 23 tells us that we fall short. Which is, we... we fall short of God's glory, we, we miss, we miss the mark. So sin is a disruption of God's order. It's a disruption of God's way and of God's order. And if you indulge in sin, then you are dangerously lawless. Dangerously lawless. And you're ignoring God's law by your actions, by neglect, or by tolerating Wrongdoing. First John five seventeen also tells us that all unrighteousness is sin. First John five seventeen gives us that definition of sin. Whatever is unrighteous is sin. All unrighteousness is sin. So then iniquity then refers to willful. Iniquity is is more than just missing the mark, but it is, it is willful, it is intentional, it is, it is knowing God's law and, and willfully transgressing against it. It's now receiving a, a lifestyle, now you're living a lifestyle that is dominated by your desires. Now you're, you're embedded in your sin and you are living a lifestyle that is dominated by your desires. It is perversity, it is evil, it is mischief. It's iniquity. So if, if sin is, is missing the mark or, or missing the, the target completely, right? right you're kind of you're aiming for it, but, but you fall short every time, right? If this is sin... You miss the mark, you miss the target completely, 
Iniquity then is, is turning your back on the target and saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fire my arrows wherever I desire for them to go. I'm not interested in... in, in so I'm, I'm going to willfully and intentionally practice the things that I desire to practice. This is iniquity. So sin and iniquity, the Bible says, is, is a reason for unanswered prayer. A lifestyle of, of sin and of iniquity. Second Chronicles 7 and verse 14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, right? Then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their sin, then I will. I'll hear from heaven. I'll heal their land. So, Number one, again, your prayers are unanswered because of a sinful lifestyle and practices. Number two, Psalm 66 and verse 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. And maybe you're saying, you know, well, we spoke about iniquity already. Yeah, we did. But this one is of the heart. Number two is, is a sinful heart. Number one was self uh, sinful lifestyle or sinful practices, number two is a sinful heart. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. This one is, is not about the evil that you do. This is about the evil that you dream about doing. The first one speaks about the evil that you practice. This one has nothing to do with what you practice. So you're not off the hook. This is the evil that you dream about doing, that's, that's in your heart, that you entertain. The, the, the desires that you, that you want to do. For, for some people, the only reason why they haven't committed fornication is because they haven't had the opportunity. For some people... The only reason why they haven't committed the act of adultery is because they haven't had the opportunity. And I say, and I say the act, right, because the Bible speaks about just lust alone, really, is, is, is adultery. But the actual act is because they haven't had the opportunity. So, so this one is speaking about the, 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 the condition of the heart, the hidden things of, of the heart, your thoughts. What you think about, what you entertain, what you dream about, what you desire. The Bible says, because your heart is, 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 is full of, of iniquity. I won't hear. He, he straight up says, I, I won't hear you. So you may look good on the outside, and maybe you haven't done these things. But God knows all things. And he says, listen, I, I know your heart and what it's filled with. And I won't hear you until you, until you check your heart. Amen? Man, we can't escape from God. He knows all things. 
He's omniscient. He is, he is all-knowing. And you know, I, I'm um, in the book of Hebrews right now in my personal time, and I love Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 13, where it says, and there is no creature hidden from his sight. There is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. No creature is hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to him. He sees all. He sees everything. So maybe our actions are right, but man, he sees the heart. He sees the heart. So, number two, your prayers are unanswered because of a sinful heart or sinful thoughts. Number three, James 4 and verse 3. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. The end of verse 2 says, yet you do not ask, yet you do not have because you do not ask. So, James 4, the end of verse 2 says, you do not have because you do not ask. Now, this is why um, context is, is important. Right? I, can, I can preach on, on James 4 and verse 2. You don't have because you don't ask. And I wouldn't be lying. I'll be telling the truth. But verse 3 tells us um, that's not the only reason why. If you ask, even if you're asking, if you ask amiss because of selfish desires and selfish motives, then you also won't receive. So it's not just about asking, right? So it's important that we ask, absolutely, right? You ask and you don't have because, because you don't ask. Right? But when you ask, make sure that you ask with the right heart and the right motives. So, so we should ask. But now the Bible tells us exactly how we are supposed to ask. Psalm 37.4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. If you're not sure about your motives and your heart, then delight yourself in Him. Spend time with him. Delight yourself in his presence. And the Bible says that as you do that, as you delight yourself in him and his presence, then he'll give you the desires of your heart. And you've heard me say it before. It's a, it's a setup. Right? You delighting yourself in him, what happens? Automatically, his desires become your desires. So what you end up asking for is his desires. Because you have delighted yourself in him. So if you're not sure how to ask, delight yourself in him. And everything you ask, as you delight yourself in him, will be of his desires. And with the right heart and with the right motive. So you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. So... Number three, your prayers are unanswered because of selfish motives. Each one of these points could be an entire week. So this is not an, a, an extensive study on this, but I'm showing you what the scriptures say. Four, 
James 1, I'm going to read verse 5 through 8, but we'll focus on verse 6 and 7. If any of you lacks wisdom, the Bible says, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. People don't like this verse. So, in context, it's initially speaking about wisdom. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. Let him ask. But then it says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Then verse 7 tells me that we can use it outside now of the context of wisdom alone. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. So the Bible is saying, the man who, who's not asking in faith, don't let him expect to receive anything from the Lord. So, so every time you ask the Lord, whether it's for wisdom or whatever it is, make sure that you're asking from a place of faith. And if you're not, the Bible says, don't expect to receive anything from the Lord, which really you're not expecting to anyway, right? Faith is, is that expectation. But I feel like sometimes when we pray, it's a hope for the best kind of prayer. Let's see how many people I, I can get to pray for this, and then we'll see what happens. It's a, it's a hope for the best kind of prayer, not a not a faith-filled prayer, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Mark eleven twenty two says, have faith in God. Have faith in God. And, and faith, even in the dictionary, faith is an, is an unquestionable belief an unquestionable belief in God. Have faith in God. Hebrews 11.6 But without faith, it is impossible. Someone say impossible. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Impossible to please God. The Bible says. Now, I've heard, I've heard people, you know, um, uh, mock. I've heard ministers, um, mock ministers, that speak about faith. Some of you guys may have heard it too. But I've, I've heard, I've literally heard ministers mock certain people that, um, 
that speak about faith. And it always has to be balanced, right? Everything has to be balanced, right? This, this, this topic on prayer, it's, it's balanced, right? That's why I'm speaking about unanswered prayer. If it was unbalanced, I'd hide this from you. No one wants to hear about unanswered prayer. But, but it needs to be a balanced topic. But I've heard people, you know, um, mock people that, that, that speak about, about faith. Jesus speaks about faith. The Bible speaks about faith. You know, nobody wants to hear they don't have faith. I understand that. We're, you know, we're super sensitive. And no, and no one wants to hear you just don't have enough. Like, like no one wants to hear that. And, and, and if someone said that, it would probably be, you know, um, yeah. Yeah, like it would be extremely offensive. Um, and... You may even leave the church if your pastor told you it didn't happen because of your lack of faith. But the Bible says this as, as one of the reasons, I'm just saying, right? The Bible gives this. Um, I can't always identify exactly why the prayer's not being answered. That's why I'm giving you, you know, the, the hopefully, you know, um, the full counsel or as much of the counsel as I've discovered, you know, as to why prayers are not answered. Um, so I can't always say it's, it's this specifically, but I'm giving it to you. This is also discipleship. I'm giving it to you so that you can figure that out, right? So I can't specifically come to you and say that's because of a lack of faith. I, I, I don't know that, right? But it could be because of a lack of faith. That's what I'm saying, right? It could be. So um, without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is must believe that he is, that God is, and that he is a rewarder, that, that he rewards and that he blesses those who diligently seek him. Mark 11, 23 and 24, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Jesus said this. Matthew 9, 27 through 30. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. Then he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened. Jesus said, let it be done unto you according to your faith. Do you believe I can? And they said, yes. And Jesus said, okay, then let it be. 
according to your faith. The woman with the issue of blood that we read about a few weeks back. Jesus said what? Your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. Hebrews 4 and verse 2, the Bible says, For the word of God was preached to us as well as to them. But the word of God did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. Hebrews 4.2, the, the word of God was preached to us as well as to them, but the word never profited them because they mixed it not with faith. The, the word of God which is profitable, which, which works. The Bible says if it's not mixed with faith, you won't profit from it. As good as the word is, right? As powerful as the word is. Think about this, the, the parable of the sower. Right? The word only produced on one of the four grounds. But it was the same word. The, the word is good. The word works. But it only produced on one of the four grounds. When you hear the word... It only profits you when you mix it with faith, when you believe it. That's when it profits you. So number four, your prayers are unanswered because of a lack of faith. Finally for today, number five. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Now this is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. Verse 14, now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything, someone say, according to his will. Number five is, prayers are not answered because it's not God's will. It's not his will. So, whether you're praying in faith for certain things, whether you are, are, are living right, you're living right, there's no sin that you're practicing, there's no sin in your heart. <clears throat> if it's not his will, then he won't answer it. So sometimes prayer is unanswered because it's just not God's will. <laughs> That's it. Simple. Yes, you're... you're you're living right. You're doing, you're doing everything right. Oh, is it me? No, no, no. Everything, you're doing everything. God's not holding anything against you. Right? There's no sin. There's no lack of faith. There's, it's just, it's not God's will. And if it's not his will, then he won't answer. <clears throat> 
Amen? I think that speaks for itself, right? Amen. Let's stand up, please. And we will continue. We will continue next week with uh, 6, 6 through 10. Bow your heads, please. And I hope that you understand today that as we're speaking about prayer, again, it's necessary for me to to give the um, entire counsel uh, of God's word on the topic. I hope that you understand today the, the reasons why prayers are not answered according to God's word. And I hope that that causes you to, to look at yourself, to, to reflect, but also to be encouraged. God desires to answer prayer. And I love to boast about the God that answers prayer. I love to do that. I, I boast about how he answers prayer. But sometimes he doesn't. Father, I pray that the word that was spoken today, I pray that for some it would convict. I pray for some it would rebuke. I pray for some it would correct. I pray for some it would encourage. We thank you that you are a God who is in relationship with your people, that you desire to spend time with us, that you desire to to answer our requests. We also know from your word, Lord, that, that sometimes our prayers aren't answered just because we we don't ask you or we don't believe that you can. And you're longing for us to, to trust in you, to ask you and to believe that you can so that you can answer our prayers. We see that too. So Father, I pray that every individual today that they would have a boldness and a confidence in you. I pray, Lord, that their faith would be increased with your word. I pray, Lord, that every time that they ask you, every time that they pray, it would always be from a place of of confidence and a place of faith, knowing that you are And that you are a God, you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. May we understand this truth today. Father, I pray for for those who don't know you. There are also verses that I could have read today, Lord, that that spoke about the, the sinner. That you don't hear the sinner. And Father, I pray for those who who have no relationship or walk with you, those who don't have the kind of connection with you to be able to pray, I pray that they would know you today. That they would know that you came to earth, that you died on a cross, that you lived a perfect life. 
that the sin, Lord, that the penalty that they owe, that you took it upon yourself, that you paid the price for them so that you can have relationship with them. Father, I pray that anyone today who does not know you, I pray that they would acknowledge their sin, that they would understand that their sin separates them from you, that their sin is, is worthy of eternal damnation and destruction and death. But you came so that they may have life and have life more abundantly. I also pray anyone who, who does not know him this morning, right where you are, you can receive him. And right where you are, I charge you to call upon him to ask him to save you and he will meet you where you are and he will save you today we'd love to hear from you visit us at thewaycitychurch.org